1: Everybody, welcome to Mavs Party. My name is Kirk Henderson. I'm an editor in chief over at MavsMoneyBall.com and one of the regular co hosts here at Pod Maverick. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks just defeated the Houston Rockets 121 to 115 about a half hour ago, maybe a little more than an hour at this point. It's about 1130 at night uh, here in the Central Time Zone. Josh Bow and I just recorded our regular post-game after dark podcast where we talked about the Mavericks game for, I don't know, about a half hour. We also talked a little bit about the news of the Dallas Mavericks impending sale, uh, but what I'd like to do is like to invite anybody that would like to come talk to me here uh, up on the... Uh, up on the YouTube app here, in the comments, there is the ability to click a StreamYard link, which you should be able to join, and then you can come get your takes off. We can talk a little bit of basketball and have a little fun for, I don't know, at least a half hour, um, and we will uh, see what's going on. So i thought my first guest coming up here. I have my, my, my friend Simon joining us once again. Simon, how is the East Coast treating you?
2: Dude, yeah, it's what, 1230 on the East Coast? Uh the only reason I'm awake is because I actually played basketball tonight until about ten o'clock. Yeah, um, I so, could never, I so could I never
1: sleep played. after playing. Could never sleep. So yeah. I, uh, I, what, I, how'd I, you do?
2: I, yeah. Oh man, I balled out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, my, my t- good to Tuesday, hear. Regular t- regular Tuesday night pickup run. Um yeah, anyway, so uh, I want to start with the game and then I'm gonna move on to the um to the to the Cuban news. Uh, Go right ahead. To touch on that briefly. Okay. So with the game. Uh admittedly, I only watched the fourth quarter of the game. I came home uh, you know, after I got done playing and I immediately loaded my uh NBA T te- or uh league pass and I paused it, showered and got dinner and whatever. And so I watched the um you know, I watched the final quarter of the game. First ops first thing that comes to mind is like with all the challenges. And all that kind of stuff. Like I, I spend most of the time like while I was eating, just spamming the forward button, you know, just to get through get through all the challenges uh, that occurred. So the NBA's got to do something about that. Because if I was watching that in real time, I don't know. I, I might have lost interest and gone crazy. Um, but that's kind of a different another subject. Um as far as the game, uh, in the fourth quarter, you know, I've been on I've been on your um, you know, on your stream and kind of talking about Luca and what I, what I've been seeing from him. Uh, as far as like why he's having so many turnovers and his sort of lack of um initiative in attacking the paint well from what I saw in the fourth quarter it looked to me like he was determined uh to get into the paint to attack mismatches and then if a double came that's what he would that's when he would make a pass instead of like waiting for the double to come and trying to like you know, split the defense with the pass and then getting the ball knocked away. And I know, he, you know, I saw the box score finish that with was zero turnovers. Um, and I haven't watched the rest of the game yet, but I have to assume that, you know, that's at least part of the reason why he didn't, you know, he didn't turn the ball over was because he turned up the aggressiveness. And when, in his case, the more aggressive he is in attacking the paint, typically the less he turns the ball over. Um, so that was a positive sign. Uh, I don't know if that—that that is the a case that, in the you know three
1: quarters f- for just watching the fourth quarter. That's a pretty good assessment of how he played. Um, we we talked a little bit mm-hmm. about this in the show, Josh and I did. And when he turns the corner on some of these screen and rolls, and he gets a guy on his left or right hip, and he sort of slows down mm-hmm. to try to see if he can goad that contact. You know, so usually around like the free throw or free throw line extended area. It's not working for him. He's not getting the foul calls because he's a fucking tank. And so to to watch him just get all the way into the rim tonight, and I think he doesn't like the contact. Not that he's like not seeking out contact. It's just it's game 17 or 18, whatever it is. Does he really want to get hit across the mouth 13 times tonight? Unfortunately, sure. I, I think I think with how big and strong he is, he just has to do that. I mean, Shea Gilius Alexander leads leads the league and drives and has for like the past several years, and he he's able to withstand it. I think Luka just needs to keep doing it, and I think that it it the deeper he gets into the teeth of the defense, the more problems it causes. And then if he wants to get Correct. cute later in the game, fine. But get to the rim early, make it a point of emphasis. That's what I hope for at least.
2: What else did you see? Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, yeah, that's when he's at his best. Um, and then moving on to Kyrie, like, and you know, because like when I left, when I left my run, you know, I looked I I just glanced at the box score real quick, and I saw Kyrie was three of thirteen and was pretty heavy in the negative side in terms of plus minus. Um, but you know, he he really does like have an ability even when he's not playing well, uh, to turn it up in the fourth quarter. And I thought he did that. He made you know he made some critical shots. Um, but he's like, he, Kyrie's a guy that, you, you know, even when he's not, you know, when his shooting percentages are low or when he's not playing well, you never really, you know, worry about him. You only worry about him when things really go haywire. But in the middle of a game, yeah, I, I just, I, I never worry about him. Um, like I, I said before, I like, I love the way that he plays uh, within this offense, um, the way he can, the way he can find his shots, the way he can score at all three levels. Um, how efficient he is not only just with his, you know, with his percentages, but with his, with his movements and you know, um, you know, his economy of movement, uh, whatever, whatever he's doing. So that, and that was, uh, to me, that was, that was great to see.
1: The, the part that I enjoyed about Kyrie's game tonight was that he was actually rewarded with fouls. Um, he got to the line nine times. Mm -hmm. Now, I think at least two of those were, were desperation fouls towards the end of the game. Um, but he's really been getting hosed on calls this year, and part of it is the difficulty of shots that he attempts. Like earlier in the game, he was he floats sometimes like just a second too long, but when it works, it looks amazing, and then when it doesn't work, it's like, oh no. Um, but you, to, the, go ahead.
2: No, I was gonna ask, do you, do you follow Andy Bailey on Twitter? Yes, uh, yeah. So he he posted a stat that or a couple of stats I thought were interesting. He was like went through the top fifty points per game scorers of all time, uh, by percentage of points that have come through the come from the free throw line, right? And it was kind of funny that like Joel Embiid was like in the top five with three guys who played in like the nineteen fifties, and then you know, but Kyrie Kyrie was in the bottom five, uh, in terms of top 50 points per game career scores point percentage of points that are come from free throws.
1: Right. So and he's, he's such not a, a he's merchant. missed. He's not. And I don't, and and I don't even think his game could, could he doesn't evoke it the same way like a, a Damian Lillard does. Whereas Dame just gets these. I just, I hate him. Dame gets these foul calls for taking simple pull-up <laughs> jumpers. It's like, what is happening? Kyrie goes into the lane. Twists does like a somersault in midair and then like a floating layup yeah. and gets broadsided. And then there's nothing though. Tonight he was rewarded. Um, what, what I find, I, you know, I'm prone as everyone knows to quite extreme in game reactions. And what I have sort of decided pretty early into this, into this, this run here um, that I, I love how I feel confident that Kyrie's going to do something Fascinating throughout the basketball game. Like, he's never going to have a total stinker. He might only make two or three shots, but they're going to completely blow the doors off you and that sort of thing. And it's, it's a really interesting, like, I know he's Luca, he and Luca are kind of co pilots here, but I, I like the fact that the Mavericks can get by with Luca doing most of the lifting and then Kyrie coming in and being like an exclamation point.
2: Yeah. Because he, you know, he really kind of, you know, he, Kind of attacks all the areas on the court that Luca doesn't, but you know he, you know he paints all over. The I made this comparison a couple of years ago when it was like when him and James Harden were playing for the Nets, whereas like James Harden is like a is like a technician and a, uh, you know almost like you know algorithmic, and Kyrie's more of the artist. He just kind of paint he he paints the whole canvas, and I think his sort of basketball ethos won't won't allow him to go in and, and, and seek fouls. No. Uh, even if it, if it can be, even if it can be to, to his benefit at times. Um, yeah. but moving on, I, like I said, I only watched the fourth quarter and I didn't see Tim Hardaway at all. Uh, which for me was, was very pleasing because there, you know, even and I know Tim Hardaway is a very key part of this team and I'm not trying to take that away, um, from him, you know, they, they need, they need his spacing and they need, you know, they need volume shooting from the three point line, but there's just something about the way that the guy plays the game that I, that I find distasteful. And I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy watching him. I can can understand that. I can understand (laughs) that. You can tell, like, you can tell like like, there are certain times when he brings the ball up the court. Like it's just because I, and like, there are certain guys that I like play, play pickup with, you know, where it's like, it's the Mm -hmm. same thing. It's like, Okay, well, this is going up, right? and, and you just know it's going up. And no matter no matter what no matter what look he's given, you know he, he, he he's putting it up. So uh, I was pleased to not 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 see him play tonight. Uh, oh, I hear that. You know, that may that may that may be a little bit unfair. <laughs> no, it's not. It was something that I thought he
1: didn't play much in the fourth quarter. It was it was definitely of note, and I'm kind of curious. As to I'll be interested to see what Brian, who's going to come up here next, so who did they, 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 clo- the they, clo- so they close?
2: So they closed with. They close with Luca, Kyrie, Jones, Lively, and Green. If yeah. I if that I recall right. correctly, yeah, yeah. And Jones didn't start tonight, right?
1: Right. Uh, so, uh, Green did in his stead, and they both played about thirty minutes.
2: They, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Kid gave a very eloquent reason for that. And I, no, I mean, like the, he'd been so bad.
1: Green, uh, Jones had been so bad on offense, and he just worked better off the bench tonight. Mm-hmm. So.
2: I guess. Yeah, he did. He, you know, he, 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 he acquitted himself well in the fourth quarter. Um, okay. Moving on to Cuban. Um, you know, it was actually funny. Cause like my, uh, my, my business partner who is not really a big basketball fan was like well, the one who texted me that the news about Cuban. And I was like, huh, that's like, that's really interesting. And I dug a little bit more into it. Um, and so basically it seems to me the upshot is and you can correct me if i'm wrong cuz i'm sure you know you're you're more informed on this than i am um but the upshot is is that he's you know selling a majority stake uh in the team to to the adelsons the vegas uh family um he's going to he's going to retain operational control and you know the ultimate end game here is that he's going to like build a new arena slash casino in the dallas uh fort worth area right i mean is that is that is i mean is that correct here
1: yeah i i think that's the the right read like we're gonna we're gonna know more in a couple of weeks and months and years but i think that's that's kind of the the play i mean that this isn't something that's been hidden you know, they want a new arena. I think it makes financial sense for Mark Cuban to want to own the arena. Um, this injects some liquid into, to you know, because m- most billionaires are not liquid. Nobody, you know, it, it, sure. And, 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 you know, we've heard a lot about Cuban's finances over the years. He's on Shark Tank, he talks about these sorts of things. Um, you know, it it makes financial sense to do something. You know, he, 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 he if the team is worth three and a half billion, and he bought right. it for 280 million he's doing okay like and and the the part that we'll find yeah. interesting over the years is what does control of the team really mean i don't know i'm really like i'm i'm don't want to speculate because i that's that's something that well, could but, get me in real trouble but it's it's i i just don't think a person that's worth this much money well but, or a family that's worth this much money is going to want to Like, they're not going to worry about the day-to-day operations of the team. They're going to wonder, is this team profitable? And I think the Mavericks have turned out that way a lot of the time.
2: Well, sure. I mean, you know, I mean, I I would imagine that, you know, most of the NBA is even the small market teams with revenue sharing and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, turn out to be profitable at the end of the day. I think the term that Sign used uh, was operational control, meaning that, um, you know, he, he's not ceding any authority in terms of basketball operations that he's, um, you know, that he's had ever since, ever since he bought the team, even though he may not be the owner or as the NBA calls it now governor, uh, in, in name, um, it looks like based on what Stein and McMahon or whoever, I I guess McMahon aggregated it. Uh, but, uh, it seems like no, you know nothing's going to change in terms of the no you know, yeah the uh, particularly this season
1: that that would
2: yeah no, this not is this, like a yeah, long term play forward. Mm-hmm. okay and then like my last point um and this is this isn't really a, about cuban but it's just about the nba and, and and sports in general i'm not like i'm not an anti gambling person you know I, and i don't want to make it a you know make this a crusade but it, it does seem a little bit um, distasteful and cynical to me uh, to w- the extent to which, you know, the NFL and NBA in particular have embedded themselves with the gambling uh, companies in it, 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 cynical in the sense that they're trying to squeeze, you know, every single dollar out of their consumer base that they can, because I mean, when you watch, like, I mean, I was watching football yesterday or, two days ago for, you know, the whole day, like a, a, as I'm want to do, and I'm not really big into gambling, but you can't watch five minutes yeah. of a football game without, without getting an ad for, for draft or for Caesars or, uh, or, or for whatever company, you know, and, the, and it seems like the NBA is going down the same path. The NFL has a team in Vegas. It looks like the NBA or the, or the NBA is going the same route. They have that the end season tournament, uh, the uh, final and semifinals, I guess, being played um in Las Vegas. So I, what this means for the future of, you know, us as fans, I I mean, look, you know, I've thankfully I, I, I haven't developed you know, I, I've placed bets here and there and but I'm but I'm not like the kind of guy I'm not on DraftKings every day. I do find it interesting in the sense of like reading, you know, seeing the spreads because of the mathematical um yeah calculations that go into that and what and what these and what they how they feel about which team is is better or not you know i find that part of it interesting right just seeing the way that these leagues have just totally i mean like roger goodell 2010 uh like wrote a letter to the uh, i think like one of the delaware like the you know the delaware state government saying like you know the NFL was just, this is this is awful. This is horrible. We're never gonna, you know, we're never gonna sanction this. And the, and they've just totally thrown in. And it seems like the NBA is going down the same route, and Cuban now is going down the same route. It seems like his ultimate ambition is, you know, to build a new arena that's connected to a casino, sort of like how there is in Philly where I used to live. Now there's yeah. a casino right next to the to the link. And, and, and I don't I don't know, I, I don't know how I feel about that. But I, I'm interested to hear like your you know your thoughts on. it.
1: I don't have a ton yet. Um, I think that the sense of inevitability, frankly, and everybody's going to make fun of me for this. I'm really stupid about math and betting. And so it's like, I don't (laughs) talk about it a lot and I I have a hard time learning. Um, And so it's, I, the money's just there like i keep joking like there's that my my friend's site um like the all cities network dnvr chicago and phoenix somebody's mm-hmm. it's like if if something like that was to ever open in the state of texas it'll be because of gambling money and so like i have like a vested interest in that sort of thing um but i you know it's so sure. far off but hey man i gotta bring up some other folks and then i want to go to bed thank you so much yeah, for no, I, did. I, did. I didn't
2: mean to take too much of your time oh you're appreciate, good you're yeah, good. Appreciate you having me on yeah. of course simon talk all soon
1: right. hmm. yep. bye all right, so we got us uh, Brian, and then we got Roger Stahlback. <laughs> Brian, welcome. What's going on? I can see you're you're no longer blending into the background because your 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 orange shirt and the the brick were were uh, were going away. So what's going on tonight?
3: Yeah, I had to change it up when she told me that. Uh man, a whole lot, like a lot, a lot. Okay. Is going on, dude. I uh, and I and I hate to disappoint you because you mentioned earlier uh how you wanted to bring me up because i watched the entire game surprise surprise i didn't watch a second of the game no you missed a fun one for once because some of these have been painful that's my luck man when i don't tune in we beat the lakers we beat yeah. the rockets when i watch it's good that you didn't see the, the game. Television. that
1: was that was almost as upsetting as like it was so awful to like watch the mavericks nearly die
3: i was following the game cast and i was hearing for three quarters how perfectly they were playing and how great Josh looked and how amazing Luca was doing distributing the ball and I just watched the game cast and I was like Luka Doncic 26 foot Miss jumper. Mm-hmm. jumper. Luka Doncic 24 foot Miss Jumper Luka and I said what the fuck is going on? Yeah and they told me he was doing that ISO ball shit. I was like man mm. I was so I was so happy that I wasn't watching that game. I was busy cooking and helping preparing for Thanksgiving but yeah, no, that wouldn't have done any good for me. But the reason that I wasn't watching the game, so like everything that I know about this game, sure. uh, I pretty much caught on to through following the timeline, following the game cast, doing a bit of box score watching. Uh, shout out to Josh for like offensively still not really providing a whole lot, but he hit a three, he has seven boards. Get a block. You would have
1: right? died at this one sequence where he, it's not that he blew the layups, but he attacked the rim twice, once from the left and once from the right, and left the right handed one short and then just
3: missed the left handed one. And it was just like,
4: oh, poor well, guy. from
3: what I heard, that wasn't even the funniest Josh sequence. Like he was guarding a man, I don't know if it was in the corner of the wing, and he just, uh, <laughs> the ball got into the paint. He decided ball and just ran off, left his man,
1: gave up a layup. And it, so was like, are... it was like it was like he was guarding Sangoon, but it was after a scramble situation, and him and Luca didn't uh, communicate okay. well enough. And like it'd be like me, and I'm looking into the screen here. And if you saw somebody like walk behind me and me not notice whatsoever, and so Sengun got the ball and laid it up, and it was right after the Mavericks had finally taken the lead back from mm-hmm. the Rockets, and it was like no, I was so mad about it. Then the Mavericks just went to work, and the game was kind of they, they they took control.
3: Yeah, no, Luca and Kai apparently were awesome to end the game. Derek Live, God bless him, he's doing his best, but who this whistle? Yeah. Who this whistle that he's getting? It is it is starting to become like a genuine problem. Like, I am becoming worried. Like, we're not even 20 games in yet. So, you know, grain of salt, like maybe it isn't all that much. Maybe things change as we get further into the season, but yeah, it's getting so bad where I'm like, all right, now this is about to be some self fulfilling prophecy. Like, they. They hate on Luka because he complains, and he complained so much, so much, to the point where some of these like non-whistles become a bit deserved. Then he stops complaining, and they're still not really giving him anything. It's like, all right, well, now y'all want Derek Lively to cuss y'all out every game because the fouls that he's getting called for just don't make sense. The way they're interpreting this verticality rule, it's
5: getting
1: That's all. There's the only explanation, you know, the offensive <laughs> fouls I get because they're bad screens, but like most of his things at the rim are kind of toss ups. They always seem to go
3: against him. And then we'll go like in the other team's favor, like right on the other end, following possession, like yeah. within the same 25 seconds. So that's annoying. But I ended up not watching the game just because. So I got the news about the sale, right? Right And I saw that, and I had a bunch of... At first, I was I was doing Victory laps and I was like, <laughs> the Wicked Witch of the West. She's gone. I don't ever have to see her again. And they were like, no, 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 Mark is still going to be in control. I was like, okay, well, that's less exciting. And I don't then, get
1: it. I I don't get how that one's going to work. Like, that one just strikes of, like... like not for TV, long, that's how. A TV-level, like... I mean, hell, the, the TV show Dallas, like just some real drama in the future that could go on with that. But that's for another day,
3: not for today. Look, man, if there's one thing that Allison's know how to do, try to push somebody out of, a, <laughs> out of an organization they don't want them to be in.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, and, and we're getting into the weeds here for anybody that doesn't really know. But like there's a vest like, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of this comes down to one simple thing, money. And there's a lot of money to be made. The Adelsons pushed uh, uh, multiple Texas governors to try to push the gambling thing. Gambling in Texas is is a weird situation because – you're, you're getting multiple strange bedfellows that don't want it together. You have your mm-hmm. o- Oklahoma casino interests, your Louisiana casino interests, your uh, evangelical, like, well, I don't know what you'd call a teetotaler, which is somebody who doesn't drink, but like the gambling version of a teetotaler in like conservative Republicans. Like you have all these weird people that probably don't want gambling to come here. And I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. Like it's not gonna be something that we see in like two years. I think it's like five to seven. And I think they're they're in it for the long haul. But if you, you know, it's I mentioned this in the last show that you were in. There's just so much money to be made. And and yeah, and and, and, and I think that alone is worth is is worth the the investment for these guys. And I hope that what it will mean is that we're no longer worried about the Mavericks going into the luxury tax or not, because it's I don't want to say it's chump change, but I mean. It's chump change for for people this wealthy.
3: I mean, it's chump change for them. But, mm. dude, I'll just say. So, like, I heard about the sale. Uh, I had my up and then my down on the roller coaster of mm-hmm. thinking that Mark was like fully out, but then find out that he's not. And then I proceed to learn by way of all of my maps, Twitter, mutuals, and then some of my friends in Discord. Uh, fully against my will, mind you. Sure. Uh, everything that I now know about Miriam know. Mavis and her husband and dude i got so depressed i could not turn the game on i was like what the fuck is this, well, I,
1: that,
3: that sort of thing where it's just like you get
1: into it and it it, it for the people that are that's <sighs> one of the problems with being online is like we would have this would have occurred regardless of whatever billionaire ever bought in i really yeah. honestly believe that now we have some people at my site that were like really it couldn't be anyone else and i'm like
3: i just literally anyone else man I don't I, I, I the
1: the marriage of business interests is what comes into play here because it's there like it's it's a gambling company. And like I, you know, I mentioned the last show probably won't talk about it too much because hopefully there's not anything to talk about. Hopefully it is it is sheerly something that is below our wavelength other than Brad Townsend writing the occasional puff piece because I don't want to know. I don't want to deal with this. I want to watch the basketball. And if gambling comes to Texas and you have to hear my dumb ass give 35 DraftKings live reads about how important it is, all the better because, you know, I, I will say this I'm not a gambling guy. Josh Bo's not a gambling guy. But when I was in Vegas for summer league, and granted it is Vegas, but I was sitting watching a lot of these games, and you know, people start talking to each other. If you're ever at a live sporting event, you know, you kind of you hear people chit chat, and I asked like every single person around me had like five bucks on the game. And it's just like, it's some, it's some skin in the game. We're not talking about massive bets. Like what the goal of these gambling companies is, is to get you to pay attention a little bit more and to, and to like sink five bucks on a live bet of like, Oh, is LeBron James going to score eight points this quarter? That's what that stuff is. And maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see. I mean, it's, it's, but it's such a long way off for us. And I, and I don't, you know, by then maybe I will have been canceled or my wife will have told me I can't podcast anymore. And I won't have to think about this at all.
3: Yeah, I look. If the worst that I end up having to think about all of this, like going forward, is just the gambling aspect of it, I would be so pleased. But I fear that that will not be the case. I'm, you know, not going to get the details because this is your podcast. This ain't mine. But, oh, excuse me. Yeah, no, this was, uh, Kind of took the wind out of my sails, but I am glad that the Mavericks won. I'm glad that they bounced back because they needed a bounce-back game because uh, I don't know what Jay Skid is talking about. I don't know how anyone is supposed to, like, speak positively about their team when you get your ass absolutely kicked three times in 11 days. And, like, I get it, like, Tim McMahon tax. Like, you know, so whatever. But, yeah, no, we needed this win. I'm glad that we got it hopefully we can get into Christmas still fairly high above 500. And, you know, with a decent record, hopefully still be hovering. Like, where are we right now in the standings even? Are we like, what, like? Third. Fifth? We're third. Third, wow.
1: Right okay. now, I'm pretty sure. I, that's what I got yelled at on Twitter. It's like, you'd find, like, somebody was like, of course you you find a way to be negative after a game like this. I'm like, no, I found the Jason Kidd, Tim McMahon spat entertaining because the Mavericks had had their ass whooped. Four out of their last six games nearly blew a loss to the Lakers. Like, yeah, things aren't on the up and up. But at this exact moment, they are quite literally third in the West, according to ESPN standings. Now, there's three, there, we're tied with two other teams. But I think because what I really don't know why we're, we're listed the most up, we're easily, it's so funny. We have a 1.4 wind uh, point differential, which is by point differential, because we've been blown out so much, we're uh,
3: seventh in the West, according to point differential stuff. Yeah, that sounds about right because uh yeah, I, I just I, I can't understand like thumping your chest and, and stomping your feet about one positive thing's written about the team after the way the clip is manhandled us. Like yeah, no, that that'll fuck up your point differential for sure. But hey, look, a win is a win is a win. The record yeah. is a record. We're third in the West. I'm gonna take that and Grant, get it together, brother. Two more
1: Please. yeah, he, he will. We'll 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 see. I hey, feel like he peace. will. Thanks so much for joining once again, as always. Of course, brother. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. All right, now we have the Roger Staubach coming up. Um, Probably not the Roger Staubach, but I like the handle anyways.
6: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Hey, Kurt. Can you hear me?
1: I can. You sound great.
6: Great, man. Well, uh, I was at the game tonight. This is my first game of the season. It was very, very fun. I was uh, sandwiched between two Rockets fans. And I have a couple of things to uh, share slash get your comments on. The first one is Adolis at the game. If it hasn't been talked about already, uh, I I feel like he was there to rub it into the Houston fans. And uh, that was kind of awesome.
1: That's a great point. I did not make the connection between him being at the game and us playing a Houston team. And that's just me being a non-baseball guy because I'm an idiot. But that's fantastic
6: well he was on the he was right on the front row and he uh every time i looked down he was there and he was really he seemed to be engaged in the game and it, it was it was really cool i think it fired up Luca. um yeah so second thing is i could give a rat's ass about who's buying the team and whatnot um cuban's still going to be the head of basketball operations I don't know if that's good, bad, ugly, but I feel like the team is turning a corner with Nico as the GM. I feel like we're putting together the pieces. Um, what do you think about that?
1: I think that they're in a place where they know the team that they want to build. Um, we're still too small. And that's going to be a thing that that continues to haunt the Mavericks this year. But they understand that they're too small. And they're not going to fix this overnight. And so I think that that's, you know, there's going to be some really frustrating nights. There just are. We've already had a few in the six losses. Um, but I also think there's going to be some pretty awesome wins. And, you know, after not making the playoffs or play in last year, that's about all I could hope for. You know, like I just, you, you go to the Western Conference finals and then you don't make the play in. Like that's just a brutal fall from grace. So I just like I'm just looking forward to to I'm trying to enjoy the basketball a little bit more and and not be quite such a shit about the game to game stuff. But I can't help it. Some games, but you know this season I've just had a good time so far. What about you?
6: Yeah, definitely, it's been good. And uh, I'll I'll round it out with this. Uh, I got to see a forty plus point Luca performance very close to a 40 point triple double Luka performance that resulted in a win against a really decent team. Um, Got to see Luka shout hell no to uh, Brooks after basically smoking him on a drive, um, which was absolutely incredible. So there was a really, a lot of good things about tonight. Um, I I just want to ask you this. And I'm sure you have lots of comments, but as of right now, where we stand, what are your predictions on ending results, ending standings? How many wins are we going to get according to your predictions about where we're at right now? If injuries kind of, you know, if we, if we hold up where we're at,
1: I mean, I, I think they have a chance. To win 50 games I think they're gonna not win 50 games. I think it's more like 46 to 48 um the standings is going to be you know the West is always such a jumble which is why it's important to win these like uh, uh division games that sort of stuff will end up mattering in the seating um that's about where I stand right now I I am hoping that the Mavericks avoid the play-in a top six would be massive win for me. Uh, because I had started the year with, hey, let's make the play-in and see where we go. Because we're starting a rookie center for Christ's sakes, and and so that I'm, there's a lot of growth. But I also think that we're just going to have some really nights where we question why, like, is this team just truly awful? And so that's that's just sort of, sort of where I've landed right now. It's it's fun. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's different.
6: Yeah. Well, hey, I, actually, I, I'm going to sneak in one more thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think Cuban kept out the uh, play-in court? Ah, uh, sorry. The tournament court on purpose because it was so awful, so god awful. Did we ever see designs for it? Um, I'm I'm just really curious about that. Why the tournament court never made an appearance?
1: Two of Luca's worst turnover games came on tournament courts, and Luca, who is not exactly an excuse maker, was very vocally against it. And I think at a certain point, Cuban might've opted. And I'm just guessing, but I think he opted to bite the bullet and not even roll it out. And then say there was a defect because his star player didn't like it. That's my take.
6: fantastic. Thanks, Kirk, man. Sure. I appreciate you. I've been with you since the green room days, uh, pre Spotify and, uh, I appreciate all that you do and appreciate you being so consistent with uh hosting these uh it's been worse this in. year,
1: but you know, once I hear my baby upstairs crying, I think my wife's gonna yell at me because I'm sticking on this show, but um that's okay. She understands. But I'll be better about these. I've been pretty bad this season, but I'll I'll get I'll get back on the high horse once the once the season really gets rolling and, and if we're having some really fun games and big losses. But thank you for your support. We'll talk soon all right coming up next then is my man krishna krishna what's up guy welcome to the show
4: kirk how are you
1: i'm okay what can i do for you tonight what are you thinking
4: i'm good i'm good um i'm glad we did not talk after the lakers or the clippers games yeah i don't know how i would have felt after either of those um i didn't really watch the clippers game which i'm very happy i didn't watch that game but this was an interesting game i think it says a lot about both teams. I think Houston, they have a very good defense. That's kind of what Yudoka has in his very short coaching career has put his stamp on is he wants really good defenses. But Luka has seemingly always done well against Yudoka coach defenses, even in that one year in Boston. It felt like Luka had insane games versus them both times. Um, I don't remember if we won both of them. I remember we won the, the game in Boston that year but it was a it was it was a strong matchup this was the kind of team you needed to face houston they're not a very large team uh, in comparison to most other teams like shangun being their center i think helped a lot for us and you know i i think the the main narrative would have been going into this game the fouls like the the foul calling and the referee calling i'm glad it's not Because that would have sucked. I I don't want to talk about referees ever in any game for any sport, and I'm just very glad that's not going to be the narrative going into this game. And it's kind of—I feel like everyone has said this—and you know, not just on Twitter but in articles too. It's crazy that Derek Lively is probably the most impactful player on this team. Like I say that in the sense that if Luca's missing a game, I feel like Kyrie could hold for one game by himself. If Kyrie misses a game, I feel like Luca could do it for one game. If we saw it lively missed one game versus the Clippers, he doesn't have a replacement. There's no equal. There's no, there's no copycatting. You're not. Yeah. You're like not that.
1: slapping the other effects. of any of this. No, yeah.
4: you're not. And it's crazy that a 19 year old is doing that, but I think it's, it's impressive. And it's, I'm very thankful that he is because uh, it, it's rare. It's really, really rare that we're seeing this. Like, Everyone, obviously, like most of the national coverage will go to guys like Chet because, you know, uh, he's obviously insane in his own right. But Chet, I think, is also about a year older now at this point. And, you know, you saw it with uh, Simmons, who also missed his first year. Like it is in a good way, obviously not good, like getting the injury, but it's a good thing to miss that first year if you if you, ha- if you can, because it gives you time to acclimate to the lifestyle of being in the NBA. And so for Lively to not only take the responsibility, but kind of exceed in a way with that responsibility, I think is is really, really impressive. And a lot of these calls, I think it's just going to be that this year. I think it's just going to be referees are going to get used to how he defends. They're going to watch him. They're going to see, okay, he's going to do this and that, and I, it'll be a year or two. I, I don't think this is like a permanent thing. It's going to be frustrating all year. Sure. I don't think it will change at all this year but it's, it's definitely the the one thing that maddened me. But it was good. I felt like everyone pretty much had a good game. Obviously, Grant is struggling. I don't think that's great. But the one thing I did, the one thing I felt like was better in this game than the Lakers game that frustrated me a lot was it felt like Kid went with the hotter hands in the final four minutes. He didn't leave Grant on in, in the final. I think it was final five is what it was. And he put Josh and he put... uh Derek Jones Jr., the the two guys who were playing way better in that moment, where it felt like in the Lakers game he just put Tim on for Josh because that was like the lineup he was using, and it, it went really ISO. I talked about it after that game, but it went really ISO heavy, and it was still ISO heavy in this game. But you felt like if Josh or Derek Jones had to do something, they could, and it, it's something that I hope we see more of. I'm not sure if we will, but it, it feels like kid is far more trusting of what he sees in the game now than he ever has been, where it felt like before he just had a rotation. He stuck to the rotation. It doesn't really matter what's happening in the game. When the reality is you have to adjust on the fly if you want to win games and and win them on a game per game basis. And I think that's, that's positive. Really. I don't have much else to take from this game. And I think part of it is, yes, we defended well. I also think Houston is not a very good (laughs) offensive team. Um, for for as good as Shangun has been, you know, Shangun being your your core creator green has sucks, its own it, green it, sucks. It's, it's, it's It's your own limitations at this point. Like Smith it, like, is amazing
1: though.
4: Who? Smith. Jabari Smith. Yes. Jabari Smith is great. I oh think he's God, great. I and,
1: like watching that guy playing basketball. Like he was, I thought he was a bust last year and, and then it's summer. Yeah. Like he was incru- they just have some really interesting pieces. So I'm glad we can beat them now and feel good about it because I, they concern me.
4: <laughs> yeah. I think this, it was a pretty smart move for them to get Ime, Um, just cause that seems like someone who actually is at least going to give them a structure, which is what you felt like the, for as much as I like Steven Silas. He was awesome as the Mavs assistant for a while. They needed structure. Like it was clearly a team that did not know what they were doing on either side of the ball. They were just literally playing like pickup basketball. It felt like, and and it's also felt that way when they've drafted, They felt like they just drafted, you know, you have to say like, what is your ideology when you draft? Is it best player available? Is it fit? And it felt like they always went with the best player available. And it kind of rendered this roster of just supremely talented players that don't necessarily fit well together. And for as much as I still think they've overpaid for Fred Van Fleet and Dylan Brooks, I think those were smart for what they needed. They clearly needed those guys more than, you know, another team might have needed them. So I'll give them credit. Like, they're doing well. I I don't think this is going to lie. This is very early season stuff. Like, it's interesting. Like, we're 17 games in at this point. But, like, the league, I think, is around average, like, 18, 19 games probably. And so all the numbers are always going to be skewed. Like this is such a small sample size when you compare it to an entire season, which is usually, which is 82 games for teams, but for players is 70 games or 60 games at least. So it's a third of your sample size, but a third of your sample size is still uh, relatively small in comparison. So I'm not necessarily completely worried. I'm glad that at least the team is showing effort. I hope it's something we continue to see and, Maybe it's just the the traveling that got to them. Um, it's it's a little concerning that it did, but it, it's positive that they came back and they at least responded. Well, man, thanks for joining us as always. Thank you. I I hope, I didn't know if anyone talked about the ownership thing, so I, I can refrain from talking about it. if We
1: if already did a little bit. Anymore. I mean, there's, you know, like I think we need to learn more. I think we need to see what unfolds. Um, I think it's a very interesting thing considering how much Cuban has talked about never selling. Like he has a, and, you know, yeah. it, it, he made 10 times his investment. So, or at least that's the valuation of the team. I mean, and it's like 11 times his initial investment. It's pretty amazing. So,
4: I mean, yeah, I think I was, I never really believed him when he said he would never sell. I right, felt like right. What are we talking about? Know. I mean, these past few years where he's talking about building a arena, I was like, I think he's going to sell something at least. And sure, I have my concerns. I have my reservations because, you know, things are always put on paper and put in plans and what actually happens is very different, but yeah. like you said, this has to first of all go through, um, has to be approved by the league, right. and then obviously the rest of his plans actually have to happen for anything to see. So I'm not going to really comment on it or say anything. I just have – I think like everyone, I have concerns and I have positives, and, and I think that's just how it's going to be. So in the meanwhile, at least hopefully the basketball is good. And you know what? It's been pretty good for, for, for as many downturns as there have been. It's been fun. That's what we could not say last year. Yeah, we could not say it was fun at all last year. It was all. I, I think fine. we're gonna
1: get kind of bored and tired of the way they lose games. I do think yes. that's gonna become very fucking frustrating. Um, but that's what these will hopefully be for, and we can maybe you yeah. know do some wish, some Dalton Trigg style wish casting into the uh, existence. But <laughs> thanks as always for joining us. All right, man. Awesome, Kirk. Take care. Yep. All right, my man Mike is coming up last, and then I'm gonna go do baby stuff. Hey, what's up? So Kirk, how's everything doing? Everything is pretty good, man. It's a pretty pretty good night. I like writing about wins. Um, I have somehow only covered Mavs wins, so maybe I should write about every game and the Mavs won't lose. But uh, what what's going on?
7: That could work. That could work. Continue writing about positive shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It was funny. Like I under- it's it's, it's kind of one of those things I understand both sides of it. It's like we could talk about the end game season, but why do we always have to talk about last year? Like, do you, do we want to know what happened last year? We're starting dudes that are playing ten minutes. They're yep. getting averaging three points a game and getting cooked wherever I mean,
1: they're at. They so so. I think you're you're right. I think big picture, you are correct, but they are a missed basket away from a four game slide that would have felt devastating, like or a five game slide that that really would have felt nasty. Um, oh yeah, True. And that and so that's where like some of the like the eh. but you know for now you know first twenty games being eleven and I mean it's only seventeen games but being eleven and six feels pretty good but if they go on like a four game slide where they lose each game by double digits at some point in the year we're going to circle back and be like well yeah, we just have no now. idea how good this team is sort of thing no it's just um i think it's maybe because
7: my expectations were always low yes so that I, like, what i'm seeing okay i like it That that's a so, good point because like i came into the season saying to me, I think they would be an eight seed, possibly a six seed, not because they got that much better, mm-hmm. but but because a lot of these teams that everybody thinks is good, they kinda stink. Yeah. Like like I watch a lot of these teams, a lot of people are down bad. Warriors are down bad. Mm. Um yeah, it's over. Uh twenty this is their twenty twelve uh Lakers season. Yes it is in full yeah. effect. Um but yeah, I, like I just wanted to see improvement and I think that's what we're seeing now. Um I'm still shocked about Lyablo. Sure. Like you couldn't tell me that a nineteen year old kid that was coming off the bench was a one and done was gonna impact winning in his first year. That's, that's not normal. Are we in a bad position because of a lot of bad transactions to where we're relying on someone like that? Sure, but just take the good with the bad. So um, like we saw, and Luka got to drop 41 on, on Dark Knight, so live with it.
1: Feels pretty good, man. Feels pretty good about that. All right. Well, as always, I appreciate you joining the show. Yeah. Have a good one, Kurt. Get all some right. sleep. That's right. All right, guys, uh, we got a two, two day break. Um, one of the things that's going to be interesting to see is, is in Brad Townsend's kind of talking about this right now in his Twitter feed. Um, there's two other games that get filled in at some point, and I don't know how it all works. We're going to find it out soon enough, um, but, you know, we'll... We'll see. The Mavericks play Friday, Saturday. Uh, I want to say it's Memphis and Oklahoma City. Sounds right. Uh, we'll probably do at least one of these post-game shows after one of the two games. Probably not both, just for my own sanity, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Everybody, thanks so much for hanging out with me. If you could do me a favor and subscribe and uh, leave a comment uh, on this uh, big-time uh, video at the bottom, always helps me out. If you're listening on an audio-only format, consider joining us uh, on the show here. Uh, particularly live, we have fun. Um, you don't have to join the video portion, but it's it's uh, you know, I, I it's nice talking basketball with people. Everybody, uh, thanks so much for hanging out, and we will talk soon. Go Mavs!
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy five percent of Americans are deficient in.